This is Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ with author and wealth manager Chris Herline of Reap Financial. Retirement, estate, asset protection. Chris is here to help answer your questions about living the life you want in retirement. Reach out now at 512-249-7300, 512-249-7300, or Chris at WealthRadio.com. That's Chris at WealthRadio.com. Now, here's Chris Herline. Money, 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 money. Good day, everybody. Chris Herline here, partner at REAP Financial, host of Wealth Radio right here on News Radio KLBJ. Thank you so much for making this part of your weekend right here every Saturday, 1 p.m. Got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to cover a lot of different things, but most importantly, I, I think everybody likes saving in taxes. Today, I'm going to cover 10 very simple maneuvers to slash what you potentially owe to the IRS year over year. We want our families to minimize the most important number on their tax return, their 1040 come April. Do you know what that number is? I'm going to get to that and more. And also, I want to talk to you about how inflation is actually increasing your tax bill. And I'm not just talking about higher gas prices. It can very easily increase your taxes year over year as we're in a very heavy inflationary period right now. So we've got a lot to cover today and more. As always, tune in every week. To us right here on Newsreel KLBJ 1 p.m. And you can always catch past week's shows at wealthradio.com and grab uh, our latest reports, white papers there. So, as we dive in here, one of the things that many successful families, they may think that they, they really have got all the assets they need. They can defer Social Security as long as possible and maximize their check. And, and for most Americans, I want to be clear they likely should hold tight on claiming Social Security as long as they can. But because many of the lucrative claiming strategies for Social Security were taken off the table back in 2016, 2018 timeframe, what we've seen is more and more families that have amassed $2 million or more are falling into a category where they may need to take Social Security early. And, and it's because most of you out there that have done a good job of saving, you have not just saved to the number you need or you're on track to save to the number you need to retire successfully, but you're saving or have saved in a tax diversified way, which means you got money that's going to be not taxed. Maybe it's going to be somewhat taxed at maybe capital gains rates, and then all of it's going to be taxed at income tax rates. Those are your IRAs and 401ks. And so when we save in a tax diversified way, it gives you control of your taxes come retirement because the paycheck goes away. And so what most families have read out there in research when it comes to Social Security is, you know, your benefit grows by 8% a year, obviously, from your full retirement age up to 70. Your benefit grows from 62 to your full retirement age incrementally as well. But that's kind of where it stops. Even a lot of the analysis that families, maybe you have had run out there, they only focus on the gross number. And as you know, we discuss here, the counsel we give our families is it's all about the net number. How much are you going to be able to count on? How much are you going to keep? And so when we think about Social Security and a lot of the articles out there that only reflect the gross number, the story can change dramatically when you take into account the taxes. Not only just the taxes on your your personal income, your pensions, whatever you have you're living on in retirement, but also the majority of you, your Social Security benefit will be taxed 
Majority of Americans, 85% of their benefit will be taxed at their marginal tax rate. This is a, it's a critical decision for anybody. One of the gaps we see is that some families will come through the office, they'll consult with me and my advisors, and maybe they've already been retired for five, six, seven years, and they've been on this deferral course with Social Security. The big problem that more successful families have is, let's say that you're deferring your Social Security, you've been retired for maybe since 62, 65, and your benefits increasing in the background, you're living on other assets, other income. And what I know about many of our Wealth Radio listeners is that a large majority of your net worth is probably held in IRAs and 401ks. And the reason that's an issue is because that money has likely never been taxed. And so as you're draining your retirement assets or you're living on other streams of income while deferring your Social Security, what happens to many families is that they're in this lower tax bracket in their 60s while retired. And then come age 72, they are forced to take what we call required distributions, many of you understand that, out of your IRAs, 401ks. Your RMD can be substantial. That first year's required distribution could push you up a tax bracket. If it doesn't push you up year one, what's the chances that it could push you up year three, year five? The RMD generally is going to go up. The amount you have to take out from a percentage basis goes up, but obviously that's going to depend on how much you're holding in these pre-tax accounts. So here's the picture. A lot of families have been deferring Social Security all these years, and then right about the time they go get their bigger Social Security check at 70, then all of a sudden, two years later at age 72, they're forced to pull a sizable required distribution out of their IRAs, 401ks, and now you've jumped a tax bracket or two. And so, yes, you did good in maybe getting that maximized check, but now you're giving more of the maximized check back via taxes. And so what's interesting is a lot of the break even you've heard about over the years when it comes to Social Security is generally like if you wait from full retirement age to maybe 70, we've seen that break even for families be maybe somewhere between 79, 82, 83. But for families that we identify need to take it as soon as possible, their break even often falls in within 94 to 96, age 94 to 96. I mean, that's a heck of a gamble and not one most educated retirees would take. One of the quickest things you need to do as a new retiree is identify when you should be taking your Social Security once that W-2 paycheck stops. Number two on our list today is home equity lines of credit. You've heard me talk on this program the last two years that money's been cheap, money's been free, and interest rates have gone up exponentially on 30-year mortgages in the last six months. They'll likely continue to as the Fed raises, but home equity lines of credit are still relatively affordable. And what families do with home equity lines of credits is they, they can use them in a number of ways. Your property values in Central Texas and how high they've appreciated. A lot of you have hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not a million plus, tied up in the, the bricks and mortar of your home, right? And we don't really think about that as an asset class, but if you establish a line of credit, generally you're not gonna be paying interest on that credit line until you start taking money out of it. When you take money out of a home equity line of credit, it comes out tax-free. 
So why do affluent and successful families use home equity lines of credit in this market environment? Well, one, maybe if they don't have enough cash and reserve, they can live on their home equity lines of credit tax-free while the equity markets are depressed, not having to sell securities and stocks at decline values. And then when things restore and rebound, which we know they will long-term, then they can revert back to their regular distribution strategy. Other families, they pull from the line of credit to control their tax bracket. If the bulk of your wealth is tied up in IRAs and 401ks, you can actually take some of your income out of your line of credit and whatever's pulled from that line will not show up as income on the 1040. So this is how families can cut their tax bracket, sometimes in half, if not more, by having a distribution strategy that takes into account what a line of credit would do. Now, other families will use the line of credit to maybe pay for Roth conversion taxes. We've talked a lot about conversion, but you got to consider this, you know, where are you going to pay the taxes? And generally, you got a couple options. You got, you know, liquidate securities. I don't like that because you're creating a tax to pay a tax in many cases on capital gains. You can pull out a cash. That may be an option if you're sitting flush in cash. Um, or you can withhold for taxes on the Roth. Now, that's the least ideal because we want as much going into the Roth as possible. But a lot of families have not considered using equity in their home to pay for the tax bill on a Roth conversion. Now, I want to be clear, a lot of families think that if I take money out, the interest will be tax deductible. That's true if you're taking money out of the credit line to put a new wing on the bedroom. But if you're using it for other purposes, like subsidizing income, paying taxes, you're not going to be able to deduct the interest on that. But what are we talking about today? We're talking about simple maneuvers to slash what you owe the IRS year over year. We're going to talk about this and a lot more. I've got a great report that I want you to get your hands on. You email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com. And it's the tax strategies for retirees and how buckets, different buckets of money create great tax choices. You email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com, C-H-R-A-S, chris at wealthradio.com. And my team will get you a copy of that out via email. Wealth Radio every Saturday here, 1 p.m. We're going to take a quick break. We got a lot more. We'll be right back with you. 512-249-7300 is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512-249-7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. Or take advantage of our free retirement resources at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com. Now, now, back to Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. Welcome back to Wealth Radio. Chris Herline here, host of Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. You know, it's hard to believe we're coming up on our 10th year. And we thank you, so many of our loyal listeners. Today, we're talking about simple maneuvers to slash what you owe to the IRS year over year and throughout your retirement. I've got a couple other things. If we have time today, I'll get on around maybe minimizing the most important number on your tax return. I want you to know what that number is. And if we have time today, too, I want to discuss how inflation is really increasing people's tax brackets along the way. And I'm not just talking gas prices as a tax. I'm talking about how it can increase 
actually increase your bracket. So we get to that and a lot more, but where we left off was number one, how wealthy families may need to consider taking social security early. That could actually reduce your taxes in some cases. Home equity lines of credit. It's a very underutilized tool that many successful retirees are using today to control their tax bracket. But what I want to talk to you about today is really also the the idea that so many families out there are giving charitably, but they're not getting the tax deduction that they once got. And under the Trump tax reform that passed several years back, we saw the standard deduction basically double. Before Trump tax, I believe it's under 10% of Americans itemized because the standard deduction is so high. And here's the kicker. In most cases, unless you're itemizing, you do not get a tax deduction or it could be very, very minimal. And so here's a strategy for you that are charitably inclined. It's called a donor advised fund. Think about it like a charitable savings account. You can actually donate stock to it, your your mutual funds or ETFs, you can donate cash to it. But let's say, let me paint a picture. Let's say that you give charitably and let's say you give $10,000 a year to charities and maybe this year you have a a large capital gain or a nice income, maybe a bonus you're navigating tax-wise. Well, with your donor advised fund, this charitable savings account, when the time is right, you can donate. So getting back to that picture, if you gave $10,000 a year to charity, likely going to continue to do that. Maybe you consider bundling up, in this example, three years of what you normally give. So $10,000 a year times three years, that's $30,000. So you make that donation to your donor advised fund. That larger donation will more than likely get you above the standard deduction. Now you can itemize and take a larger tax deduction. Now consult with the CPA on how much uh, can be deducted. Those limits vary, but think about this. You can give a large gift and that money can be invested or stay invested within the donor advice fund. And then you can give to any charity over your lifetime. But the point is when you donate that larger amount, you're not necessarily having to relinquish that larger amount day one to the charity or multiple charities. You get to take the large tax deduction, try to get above the standards so you can itemize, and then you get to decide where to direct those dollars to the charities of your choice over years to come. One other thing that I wanted to make sure that our listeners are aware of, there are new contribution limits for your 401ks, your IRAs this year, here in 2022. And so for those of you that have just been contributing on autopilot and maybe three or four years ago, you you set it to max out. Well, there were changes to these limits in 2019. There's changes to these limits in 2022. And remember what we're talking about today. We're looking for simple maneuvers to maybe reduce what you owe the IRS, making contributions to your IRAs in traditional 401ks, that can reduce the bottom line for you. So don't oversee an opportunity to be able to put more in for your future retirement right now this year and potentially get a larger tax deduction. On that point too, tax brackets changed back several years ago under Trump tax reform. One thing we see that is just maybe a just complete overlook is with that bracket changed, some families, you working still may be withholding more than you need to out of your paycheck every month. There's something called a W-4 with your employer, and this allows you to dictate 
and notify them as to how much you want withheld from your paycheck every month. So consult with the CPA on this, but if you're getting a large or even a sizable tax refund, you likely may be withholding too much. So as I mentioned, consult with the CPA here, but we're looking for ways to reduce what you owe legally to the IRS year over year and tweaking your W-4 could be something to look at. One of my favorite accounts on the planet when it comes to reducing your tax bill is your health savings account. Now, a lot of you are maxing out your IRAs and your 401ks, 403bs for future retirement. But what about maxing out a health savings account that could be used as a tax-free retirement account in retirement? When you hear health savings account, a lot of families are like, well, I don't have a lot of medical bills or I can pay for it out of pocket. I don't need a, a side account to pay my medical. But here's where you may be missing the boat because again, we like tax deductions. When you put money in an HSA each year, health savings account, you can deduct the amount that you put in. And for those of you with the, that are single, you can put over 3,000 in. For those of you that are married, maybe over age 50 with the catch up, you can put over $8,000 a year in this thing. It can add up quick. When you put the money in a health savings account, in most plans, and you should check yours if you have one, in most plans, you, you likely can invest those dollars for the future use. Some plans I've come across, you, you, you only have a cash option. In those cases, you may want to look for a, a better option where you can get those dollars breaking a sweat for you. But when you put the money in, you get the tax deduction in the year, you contribute to it. The money can grow, tax deferred, as long as it's held in the account. And then if the money is pulled out in future years, it comes out tax free. So I like to equate it to almost like a super Roth because with a Roth, it's all tax-free on the back end, but you don't get any deduction on the front. With a health savings account, you get the deduction on the front and it can come out tax-free on the back. Maybe you have the funds to self-pay for medical. And I'm talking about your you know, doctor's visits, co-pays. You know, you'd be shocked at uh, some of the things that health savings accounts can be used for. But what we often counsel families to do is when a medical expense comes up, don't touch the account. Don't go to the account. Now, you're, you know, our listeners are totally confused now. Chris, why are we saving in this thing? Well, the reason is, is we want that money to cook. We would like it to be invested and grow. And so as long as you're keeping track of your medical expenses through the years, all the way back from when you started this health savings account, I don't care if it's five, 10, or 30 years from now, under today's tax law, you can write yourself a retroactive reimbursement check for every medical expense you've had during the period you had that health savings account. So you can cut yourself a retroactive check later when you're looking for tax control in retirement. You can use those dollars as a reimbursement to subsidize your income. And as long as it was used or tied to a qualified expense over the years, it can come out tax-free. A terrific strategy. And one more point on the HSA, the IRS allows for a one-time contribution to your health savings account from your traditional IRA. So think about that. If maybe you don't have the funds to put in to a health savings account this year, you can do a one-time max contribution. When I say max contribution, that's tied to your marital status and your age from your IRA to the HSA. A lot of reasons families do that is 
Once you identify the tax bracket you're likely going to be in because of all this pre-tax money you've saved in these IRAs, 401ks, families are looking for ways to drain their IRAs. This is a quick way to maybe drain some dollars out and get it over to a tax-free bucket for future use. Now, obviously, consult with a CPA on this um, and understand, too, that if you make the contribution from your IRA, you're not going to get a tax deduction on the contribution that year because <laughs> you got a tax deduction when you put it in the IRA to begin with. But just a little food for thought. And again, today, trying to really maximize the ways that you can minimize and slash your tax bill each and every year. Now, when it comes to capital gains, capital gains, believe it or not, can be realized and depending on your income in the year, you may or may not pay taxes on the capital gain. There's three tax brackets, 0%, 15%, and 20%, which for most of you working are more favorable than your income tax rates, right? But what are the limits? What is the strategy to pay little to no tax on capital gains? That's what I want to cover in our next segment today. This is Wealth Radio. I'm Chris Herline, partner at Reap Financial. Encourage you to catch past week's shows at wealthradio.com. We've got some great reports on there, whether it's tax, Social Security, Medicare, retirement, and beyond that are free for all of our Wealth Radio listeners. You can email me, Chris, at Wealth Radio right now and get your hands on those or go check it out at WealthRadio.com. We'll be right back with you. Be sure to catch Chris during the 6 p.m. news hour every Monday and Wednesday on KXAN, Channel 36, right here in Austin. And set up a retirement and tax analysis with Chris and the team at Reap Financial now at 512-249-7300. We'll be right back on Wealth Radio. On News Radio, KLBJ. Stay connected to Wealth Radio during the week at wealthradio.com. Welcome back. I'm Chris Herline. This is Wealth Radio right here on News Radio, KLBJ. Already in our third segment today, and we want to thank you for joining us every Saturday, 1 p.m. here. We've still got a lot of meat to cover here as today's topic is really evolving around simple maneuvers to slash what you owe to the IRS, not just this year, but throughout your retirement years. And we've covered some great things today. Some families are considering selling stocks this year. Some families are considering selling highly appreciated homes this year. What are the capital gains? What are the implications? And we talk a lot on this program about how our retirees, the, the ones we consult with at Reap Financial, we put them in a position to have more control over their taxes in retirement than any time in their life. When it comes to capital gains, right now in this country, capital gains are pretty favorable. Whereas, you know, there's three tax brackets with capital gains. There's 0%, there's 15%, and then there's 20%. So those rates are favorable when you compare them to most of your tax rates that are working. Those income tax rates are likely 24, 22 range, uh, maybe 32, getting to 35 for you higher earners. Now, obviously, there's proposals on the table to take those tax rates up. I think potentially we'll see capital gains rates go up. And so we want to work with families like you to help you coordinate when and how you're going to sell these investments that may create a capital gain. But see, right now here in 2022, the long-term capital gains tax rate is 0% for you single taxpayers 
with a taxable income up to 41,000 and change. For married couples, up to 83,000 and change, your tax bracket on capital gains is 0%. So let me paint a picture. If you're married and you were living on bank cash, you were living on some sort of tax-free income stream in your year of retirement, maybe year one, year two of retirement. You had very low income that year, very low distribution income tax from your IRAs, 401ks. That is a great year to maybe consider selling capital gains or you know assets that are going to create a capital gain. And the reason for that is, as the single filer, you could exercise, if you had zero income tax that year, you could exercise $40,000 plus in capital gains and pay zero taxes. For a married couple, right, you, you may have 40000 of income and exercise another $40,000 in capital gains. And as long as you kept your income under that $83,350 for 2022, there's a chance you pay zero tax on the capital gain. For those families that have a job loss, a lot of times the silver lining is to control your income and potentially sell an appreciated asset in the year where you're gonna be in a lower tax bracket, lower income. Now, if you cross those thresholds, well, then obviously you're going to start paying tax. The the 15% long-term gains rate applies to taxpayers uh, with income of about the, it's just shy of 460000 okay? Um, and that's for singles. Uh, for married couples, it's a little over 517000 this year. So there's a lot of headroom. And only until you get above those levels do you start walking into that 20%. Some families are leaning on their home equity. They're doing reverse lines of credit, home equity lines of credit, and they use that maybe as a their, their living expense for the year. They draw out of that. In that example, you would you would be not, I mean, you wouldn't report the home equity line of credit income. It comes out tax-free. So just again, we're trying to align strategies with the right family. Now another strategy, and we'll keep moving here, is what I, it's called the SSA 44 form. And I've talked about this over the years here on KLBJ, but I think it's, it's very important to mention. This is the first time I've brought it up this year on KLBJ because it's still available. I mean, it, there's been a lot of tax policy changes, but the form SSA 44 form, what this thing does is it can, in many cases, give you an exception around higher Medicare premiums, particularly walking into retirement. Let's say you're working and you're, you've got a, a, an income of a couple hundred thousand dollars. And let's say you're, you're going to retire 30, three quarters into the year and you're going to get on Medicare for your health benefits or your spouse. Well, your Medicare premium, it's dictated by your income, not your net worth. It's dictated by your income. Now, the reason that's important is because this can catch a lot of people by surprise. And so if you're making over those limits that I just mentioned, if you're making over 200 grand, you're going to be above the Medicare limit, which for married couples is about 182,000. So once you report more than $182,000, your Medicare premium can start going up. So for the family that's maybe going to work a partial year or half the year, if your income is over that, you want to file the SSA 44 form come tax time. And there's eight qualifiers on there. But the one that I'm talking about is called work stoppage, or you could call it retirement. And this notifies Medicare 
that, hey, you're getting on Medicare. You had a kind of a one time event. You know, you're, you're retiring and, you know, your income in the year to come is not going to be this high because you were working or you had a one time event. So this is a great form to at least discuss with your CPA for those of you that are retiring and walking into the Medicare program for your health benefits to see if there's a way that you can get around. Now, in a worst case scenario, let's say you had a, a large capital event because you sold your house this year and you know that's not gonna qualify on the SSA 44 form. If you have a large event and you, you have increased Medicare premiums, I always wanna be clear that even with that increased premium, it's not irrevocable. If your income goes down or if you have, you know, less of a capital event in years to come and you stay under those income limits, well, then in that case, your Medicare premium will come back down. The biggest issue we find for retirees is that when that required minimum distribution kicks in, we've talked about that a lot on this program and it's 72, you got to take money out of the IRA 401k. A lot of times, that is the trigger point. There's families out there that are paying well over $500 a month per person for the same Medicare that, that maybe their neighbor's getting for you know 280 to 300 bucks a month, right? And it's all based around your income. Don't forget that the majority of laws in this country, they're all written around your income and not your net worth. And this is why we want you to keep that bottom line number on your tax return down to the best of your ability. We want you to minimize the most important number on your tax return. That most important number happens to be line 11 on the first page of Form 1040 because that is your adjusted gross income. So obviously when you make higher income, you get into things like net investment income tax, some things like that that's very stealthy. But really what I've just kind of covered with you is that Medicare piece. See, if you can map these things out way ahead of time, you can start making moves to reposition assets. You may look to sell assets sooner. You may look to drain IRAs or 401k sooner because when you see the long-term impact of what this is, not just today, but over the next 10 or 20 years, all of a sudden you realize that, man, Paying taxes today on certain things may make more sense than paying taxes later when tax rates could be higher. But again, nobody knows what tax rates are gonna do. But one thing is for sure, they are means testing Medicare today. And you're gonna be hearing more and more in the coming years about ways to fix the social security system. Now, there has been nothing proposed around this, but if they're already means testing Medicare, and you're paying more for the same coverage just because you have a nice retirement or a nice nest egg, what's to keep them from means testing Social Security down the road? Now, it hasn't happened yet, but I think that's something that likely could be on the table. The chatter up in D.C. this year already around Social Security reform is just raising taxes on the wealthy or maybe the FICA limit you know, on your on your W-2 income, maybe you're going to pay more taxes beyond the current limit. Um, more of that will go towards FICA. Um, but means testing is something that's already taken place in this country. And it just goes to show why we preach that we want the income on that 1040, particularly in retirement, as low as possible. 
because it's a hedge against future things to come. So I want to just go ahead and let our listeners know that we've got a lot of great resources on our website, wealthradio.com. You can also go there, click the microphone button, and you can submit your question in real time. Just record it right there on the side. It'll come right to us, and we can feature that in future week's shows. I'm going to get to a question in our next segment here, but I want to encourage you. There is a new report on there. It's updated here for 2022, and it's tax strategies for retirees and how buckets create tax choices. And that's really the heart of our show today. I want you to go to wealthradio.com and you can download it off the website there or simply shoot me a line right now. Chris at wealthradio.com. C-H-R-A-S at wealthradio.com. And my team will get that out to your inbox this coming week. I'm going to fill you in as it's already halfway here through the year here in 2022. I want to fill you in on several potential changes that are coming under the Biden tax reform. Now, these are things that have not come to fruition yet, but for our Wealth Radio listeners, one of the reasons you tune in with us every week is you like to be one step ahead. We want you to be proactive and not reactive, and there are some big things that you need to be aware of that could pass, if it's not this year, possibly in the next year. It'll be well worth the time and energy spent. Keep it right here. This is Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. 512-249-7300 is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512-249-7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. Or take advantage of our free retirement resources at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com. We want to be your retirement resource. Check out Chris's latest books and online courses at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com. Welcome back to Wealth Radio. I'm Chris Herline, host of Wealth Radio, right here on News Radio KLBJ, partner at Reap Financial, right here in Austin. Welcome back. Where I'm taking you are some potential changes that are coming under the current Biden tax proposals. Now, none of these things have passed yet, but these are things that we want you to be aware of on the horizon. Now, one of which they talked a lot about this last year is raising, substantially raising long-term capital gains rates. Now, long-term capital gains rates, as I talked in our last segment, are still relatively low. I mean, you're talking zero, 15 20% at the very top when it comes to capital gains. Last year, they were touting the potential of uh, a capital gain rate in this country of over 43%, which I almost think they were doing it as a litmus test. You know, how much can we get away with before people start rioting and picketing in the street? I'm joking, of course, but, but at 43%, we would be higher than any country in the world. We'd be almost double that of China in many countries, which would make us... It makes things just incredibly, incredibly tough to be competitive. So I don't think that there's a chance that we'll see capital gains rates during this administration go up to 43. I think there's a good chance we could see them go up to 28, uh, maybe the 30% range. I mentioned earlier that, you know, when you, you think about negotiating these things between the Democrats and Republicans, Mr. Tax Cut himself, Ronald Reagan, when he left office, tax capital gains tax rates were at 28% in this country. 
So it's it's not hard to think that we could see a, a higher tax rate. So this is, you know, it's going to somewhat dictate how families are going to liquidate assets. You know, should we sell the house before these things come down the pike? Should we sell highly appreciated assets? You know, it's tough right now in a down market here in 2022 as I'm speaking with you. But these are the kind of considerations that families like you will be considering if we start seeing the chance of cap gains rates going up. Something else that they talked about was an elimination in step up and cost basis on your inherited assets. Give an example, if, if mom and dad leave you Exxon stock today and they've held it for years and it's appreciated 10X, well, when you inherit that stock in a brokerage, an investment account, generally right now you're gonna get a step up in cost basis. So if you look to sell off that stock the following day, chances are you may pay very little to no tax on that inherited asset. Same is true if mom and dad were to leave you the house. These are the type of assets that you get a step up in cost basis. And it's very, very powerful in keeping wealth in the bloodline through the years. And that's one thing they're targeting. Now, I think what's more realistic, I, I don't think they'll just eliminate it altogether. Maybe they eliminate it for, you know, anything over a million dollars left to you. Maybe, maybe anything over three million or five million. Once it hits that limit, you lose the step up. Maybe it's a, a laddered or tiered system. But I, I don't think we need to worry about a complete elimination. But that is something that is on the table right now. Now, a good thing that's coming from these proposals in, in the Secure Act 2.0, which you're going to hear me talking more and more about. We had the Secure Act pass in 2019. Secure Act 2.0 potentially will pass this year. And one of the best things that's coming out of that is an increase in the age that you retirees are going to be forced to take your required minimum distribution. So that's that RMD, required distribution, that the government requires you to take once you hit 72 and you're forced to pull it out of your pre-tax IRAs, 401ks. Right now, the way it's proposed is that if it passes and it would likely be staged over maybe a couple years, um, is an increase from taking it from 72 where it stands today, to 75. Now, they just increased it from 70 and a half to 72 in the last couple of years. So I think this is something that likely will pass. And the reason I'm excited about this is when you have more time before required minimum distributions are required, well, in that case, you've got more time to reposition assets, do Roth conversion. And if you've got more years to do Roth conversion, in some cases, that may mean you don't have to do as large a conversions through the years. You can spread them out, which may mean less taxes, smaller checks being written to the government. We all like that every year. But the other couple that I want to make sure we cover before we're out of time today is on the table currently is the potential elimination of backdoor Roth conversions. So for higher earners in this country right now, if you make over a certain limit, you can't contribute directly to a Roth IRA. But you can contribute, you absolutely can contribute to a non-deductible traditional IRA. So you make a contribution to that. You don't get a tax deduction because, well, you, you make over the income limits, but you get the dollars in the IRA and then you can convert those dollars in the same year to a Roth. So it's just an additional step that the government makes us take. The backdoor is something that's been around for many, many years. It's something that we've utilized with families. Now, before you go and do a backdoor Roth conversion, two things you want to consider. If you already have money in an IRA, there's a pro rata rule 
That means even though you're making a non-deductible contribution to the IRA and you're converting it, you'll likely still have to pay some tax and that needs to be estimated for you by a CPA. The second thing is, is if that passes this year, the elimination of the backdoor, and you go ahead and do that prior to that passing this year, maybe you did it earlier this year or you're considering it right now, it, it could be an administrative nightmare with the uh, custodians. So again, not to say you shouldn't do it, but something to consider. And then the final one today that I really am watching close is the potential elimination of Roth conversions altogether for higher income families. So not for everybody, but they're saying for families that have income over $400,000, those are the families that may not be able to convert. Those of you that may face this problem are the possibly the ones that need to convert the most in these early years. Now, the way it's written right now, it says if this passes, it won't go into effect immediately. It would happen over 10 years. But the point is, if this passes in this form, many, many of our Wealth Radio listeners will be impacted. And it's all, all it's going to do is accelerate the timeline on converting. So we packed the show tight today with plenty of intel. Go to WealthRadio.com right now. Download our brand new report, Tax Strategies for Retirees, the Buckets Create Tax Choices. And we'll be back with you next week, 1 p.m. right here on News Radio KLBJ. 512-249-7300 is the number to reach Chris and the Wealth Radio team. That's 512-249-7300. Set up a time for your complimentary retirement and tax analysis. 512-249-7300. Or take advantage of our free retirement resources at WealthRadio.com. That's WealthRadio.com. If you're retired or retiring soon, tune into Wealth Radio every Saturday at 1 p.m. Sponsored by Reap Financial Group, LLC. Investment advisory services provided by Reap Financial Group, LLC, a registered investment advisory firm. Opinions expressed in this broadcast are provided for information purposes only and may change without prior notice. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed in any way as an endorsement or inducement to invest or an offer to buy or sell any securities. The sales content should not be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor and tax professional should be consulted before making any investment decisions or implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. The firm only transacts in states where it is properly registered or excluded or exempt from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. 